to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Good morning, church. Good morning. All right. So, church, you are the bride of Christ. Amen. And, church, you are beautiful to Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> yeah, we're eight, we're eighties teenagers. Sorry about that, but uh, that's how it goes down. So, uh, coffee house this morning, huh? Yes. All right. So we would like to thank Claudia and Maria for for their spirit, for their spirit of excellence. Okay. Well, we'll thank her anyway. We'll thank her anyway when she she's helping and. She doesn't ask for accolades or anything like that. Neither does Claudia, but we, we like to express our thanks any chance we get. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because sometimes it is thankless. You're, you're doing it. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're, we're, we're grateful to have you back, Claudia. Amen. We thank you from the, from the depth of our heart for your labor of love. Praise the Lord. Okay, so I do have some announcements. Um, May 7th, we got something interesting happen, happening. May 7th is the men's meeting. The mighty men of valor are getting together. I think they got some plans, some covert plans to uh, usurp all the women activity that's been going on in this church lately. <laughs> the women have been taking charge and taking power and kind of casting a shadow on us men here. But we got that going on uh, next Saturday. It's going to be in the children's ring, the children's wing. At uh, 10 o'clock, 10 a.m., okay? And then uh, at 1 p.m., we have a celebration of life for our brother Jim Caldwell, who's deeply missed. Uh, member here, as Pastor Tom mentioned last week, uh, for many years. He was one of the, one of the people, one of the original uh, founders that helped Pastor Tom um, supply what Pastor Tom needed. He was always there, and uh, Jim Caldwell when we came uh, into this ministry around about 2007, we had a youth ministry. Jim Caldwell was the first one there. And what, what, what do we need? You need me to barbecue. He was barbecuing in our front yard for the young kids. So, uh, yeah, so when he left, we, we all felt it. And uh, he'll be deeply, him and Mitzi are deeply missed in this uh, congregation. Amen. Amen. And then uh, once again, the mighty women. Our meeting on the 20th, and it's a Friday. It's going to be a Friday evening, a powerful night, I'm sure, which they are all powerful, at 7 p.m. And uh, also note your calendars. There will be a picnic toward the end of the month. Uh, the la- I believe it's the last Sunday of the month. Was it the 29th? Uh, we'll be, after church, we'll be <clears throat> taking a caravan over to the uh, Sand Hill Crane Park. That's just off of Walton Road. And uh, we'll go there right after church. So feel free if you like to wear shorts. Uh, just come and uh, re- ready to have some fun, ready to get some sun rays, which is important. I encourage you to get those sun rays. Very healthy, you know, vitamin D. Uh, dealing with this COVID and, and all these viruses that are going around, that's one of the, the most important things that you can get for your body is that vitamin D because it is a big immune 
fighter for your body. It keeps you strong and healthy. It's like a natural steroid. Yes, all right. Amen. Glory be to God. All right. So that just about covers the announcement. I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we glorify you, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, ruler, creator over everything. We bless you, Father God. We thank you for your grace. In Jesus Christ, Father God, we thank you for gathering us here today, Father God. Everyone has arrived safely. We pray for their safe arrival to their home. Father God, I pray that every heart will be open and receptive, every ear hearing to what you would have said today in the sanctuary. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> so I heard from the Father yesterday while I was driving, um, doing my, my um, errands and, and planning, preparing for things to come. And the Lord says, be sure to tell my people about my mercy and tell them that I am not counting their sins. As residents here in Florida, we live close to the beach, the ocean, the Atlantic in particular. And if you're ever out there on the ocean next to the beach, you start to feel insignificant. Matter of fact, you probably, probably feel minuscule, very tiny. So this is what the Lord shows us. In, in the word, not that we are tiny, but the fact that our sins are tiny to him. Amen. They're very minuscule. They're very tiny compared to his love and his compassion and his mercy that he has for us. Okay, that is noted in the book of Micah, chapter 7, verses 16 through 19. It is revealed... That all of our sins, all of our shortcomings, all of our transgressions will be thrown into the sea. It's also noted that he delights. We heard uh, Pastor Latasha talk about the Lord delights in the prosperity of his, in his, of his servants, of his sons and daughters. He delights. He takes joy. He takes great pleasure in seeing you prosper. And seeing you get a new contract for the job. Amen. He, he's celebrating. He's happy just like you're happy. Amen. To get a new client for your business. He delights in those things. In the book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 19, he delights in mercy. He delights in mercy. It's also revealed that he will turn toward compassion. When he saw us time and time again not being able to fulfill his expectations, he had compassion and he sent his son, Jesus Christ. He had compassion when he sent the prophet after prophet after prophet to the people of God in Israel. It was his compassion. Because of his compassion, the book of Lamentations says that we are not consumed, but we are sustained. Amen. 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 It causes us to exist because without his compassion, without Jesus Christ, we would not exist. Right. I got to make it plain to you, saints. We would not be here. 
if it wasn't for the compassion of Messiah. Who, when, while he was in the garden, he says, Father, if there be any other way. But nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine will be done. And he went to the cross. So we see, looking at the book of Micah, as a prophet reveals that the Lord delights in, in, in mercy. The Lord delights in prosperity. The Lord has great pleasure in showing his people compassion. He, if he gave it to the Messiah to do what he had to do, he would stop at nothing. As I reiterated earlier, it's as vast as the ocean. And ever since I can remember as a little boy, I'm in South Florida now, but I grew up in Southern California. And living in Southern California, living outside of L.A., the beach was maybe 30 minutes away from my house. So I love the beach. I love to go hang out. I love being with friends there. One of my favorite beaches was Santa Monica Beach. They had uh, the fair there, Ferris wheels, uh, people eating cotton candy. It was a happy place. Who doesn't want to be happy? Who doesn't want to go to a place where people are happy? Amen? And uh, for, the for the most part, here at Treasure Coast Victory Center, we're happy people. So we enjoy coming here time and time again, enjoying good times in the Lord. So the beach was one of my favorite places as, as a young guy. And uh, until one time, my father, who's passed away, he passed away during 2020. God bless his soul. Great father, great man. And I learned so much from my daddy, how to treat my wife and, and many other things uh, from him. And uh, we learn a lot just by watching. Yeah. You know, you hear that term role model. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always see my dad in a white shirt going to work, you know, wearing hard dress shoes. You know, and, and leaving early, coming home late most of the time, providing for his family, amen, because he had five children, so a man's got to work, a man's got to provide. But my daddy, he took me to, uh, many of you may have heard of this place, it's called Catalina Island. It's an island off of the coast of California. If you ever get a chance, go there. I highly recommend that place. It is, be it is beautiful. To this date, I'm 50 years old, it's, it's, it's probably one of the top three places on my list. <clears throat> I haven't been to Hawaii. Excuse me. I haven't been to um, much of the, the Caribbean. I, I have been to the Bahamas. But Catalina Island is incredible. But while going there, because it's 30 minutes off the coast, I would see the coast of California disappear. And when we were getting closer to the island, I would see that island appear. And it's surrounded by water. And while being on the boat, Bluest, deepest water, just like, man, I could get lost in that water if I fell off this boat. I used to think often to myself, so beautiful, you would see flying fish jump, you know, jump out of the, you know about those flying fish, right, Captain Mark? <laughs> beautiful flying fish, you know, jumping out of the ocean, and I'm just like, wow, this is so beautiful. Dolphins, beautiful dolphins, and uh, just a breathtaking experience all the way around. And uh, but that island surrounded by water and saints, we're surrounded by the love, the Lord's mercy and his grace yes, today. Yes, OK, yes. so if you ever feel that you're in a place where God doesn't love you, it's a lie from the pit of hell. <clears throat> yes, if you think that God is going to give up on you, it's a lie. OK, because his love and his compassion and his mercy 
endures forever. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. It is, it is his heritage. It is his promise that he has for his covenant people. Okay. I want to go to <clears throat> Psalms 136 if you have your Bibles. Let's take a look, a deeper look at this. We heard from the prophet Micah. And uh, the way our minds are, we need evidence. Amen. We need proof upon proof. Because let's face it, Monday morning comes and then we're like, what happened? You know, I was so full of faith on Sunday, but it just seems like some, something just came and attacked my faith. I forgot what was, what was even preached on Sunday. Whoa. Has that ever happened to you all out there? Amen. Amen. That just proves that the enemy's real. Amen. Amen. He's, he comes to, to uh, steal, kill, and destroy. And especially those of you who receive the word. Amen. And he's looking. He said, I got to take that word. He's a spirit. He's a spirit being. He knows what he's doing. So if you look at Psalms 136, if you're there, say amen. amen. Okay. All right. How are we looking on time, Latasha? Because I know I'm. Okay. All right. So uh, Psalms 136. If you just scan Psalms 136, just scan it. Look at the different uh, verses. As you notice, you can see that it goes all the way up to 26 verses in Psalms 136, okay? And I say that just to, that you, you get acquainted with it, because I'm not going to read the whole chapter of Psalm 36, but later on, like when you get home or Monday morning, you can revisit this psalm and let it, you know, it can be part of your meditation if you choose, Amen. But what I would like to do is those of you who have your Bibles, if we could read it together, would that be okay? All right. So I'm going to start and I'm going to go up to the sixth verse and then I'm going to stop. Okay. And so that so that we all get the just of what's taking place here. All right. Verse one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. And I'm just going to finish up verse 26. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. So that, once again, it, it reinforces what God, what type of God we have, that he's mercy. He's mercy, and it endures forever for us. Amen. Because we are a covenant people to him. He made a promise to Abraham and Jacob. Amen. Amen. That he will fulfill all the promises. That's why in Corinthians it says that all, all of his promises are yes and amen. Amen. So we can challenge ourselves and, and, and use our imaginations on, on thinking how God, how good God is. And, and you know what? You would exhaust your imagination on thinking about the goodness of God. That's how good he is. He, he's, he's bigger than our imaginations. Amen. So many times in my life, I have experienced God's mercy. So many times, uh, countless number 
of times. And I'm sure many of you here can reflect and, and relate to that fact that you received his, his mercy. And uh, I think back to when I was uh, younger, in my 20s, and me and my wife, we were, we were engaged. We were planning on getting married. And uh, because the way she was raised, the way I was raised, we knew we had to have Jesus Christ in the center of our marriage in order for it to work, in order for it to be good. And so one day, one Sunday, I believe it was Resurrection Sunday, uh, we headed out to church. We were living in Northridge, California at that time. And the church that I attended was in Pasadena. So again, it was about 30 miles away. So I had, uh, she was dressed up. She was looking beautiful uh, as usual. And I, of course, I was, I was proud. Uh, my hair was probably like this, you know, I got a real fine woman. She's dressed, you know, she's dressed to the T. I said, wow, where'd you get that outfit from? You know, I like that. You know, how much did you spend? You know, that type of thing. She was, she was smoking, you know, she was smoking hot. And, uh, and I was glad she was with me. So we jumped on a highway, and I, I guess we, we were late or whatever. We were, we were driving, and I had a really nice red sports car, and uh, we were trying to get there. So we had 30 miles to, to hit the highway, and lo and behold, I have another guy trying to race me. You know, he had a red Ferrari, looked like an older gentleman, and I think he had his dog in the car. And I'm like, man, I'm just trying to get away from this guy. I'm not thinking about this guy. You know, I don't want to race or whatever. You know, he's got a nice Ferrari. It was an older Ferrari. It wasn't brand new. It wasn't souped up or anything, but he figured he had something in it, you know. <laughs> and people, people do that kind of thing even now, even though that I'm, I'm much older or they get behind you, they put on their lights. I'm like, man, what is all that about? That's the devil, right? Yeah. But anyway, this guy pulled me into a race, so we, we escalated. Boom, 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 we hit it, and we were flying, right? I, I wasn't even thinking about Tasha at this time. I didn't ask her. I was like, Tasha, you know, can I? You know, you think I should? So she's kind of crazy, so that's why she's with me. And so, you know, I hit the gas, and, and that 5-0 took off, and, and he was in back of me trying to catch up, and we must have been doing plus 120. And, yeah, 120. At least, right? Yeah, I was, I was, I was gone. And uh, I learned how to drive fast like that from my, my friend. You guys think I'm crazy. My friend Damon, he was, he was, I was sitting in the car while he would do that on a regular basis. But um, uh, Fast and the Furious, part one. Um, until, yeah, we were flying until we, we seen the helicopters. They pulled in. Uh, CHP, California Highway Patrol, just pulled up, boom, 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 boom. And we were like, we're going to jail. <laughs> and uh, I started praying. I had to start praying because I was like, I don't want to go to jail. That's the last place I want to be, right? <laughs> so I, I sent one up to, to the Lord. And uh, again, uh, yeah, just, just knowing that, that uh, I just had a peace about it at, at, at some point. So he, I think the co officer came when, when, he, when he asked me. He was like, do you know how fast you were going? You know, all those type of questions, right? And then uh, I said, um, this guy, he was chasing me, you know. So I just like, I, point, I played the blame game real quick, real quick right? And uh, I say that to say, after everything, not even a ticket that day. And uh, I knew it was bad, and I, I felt bad after the fact. 
And even now, I was like, man, what were you thinking about? You know, you could have jeopardized your future. So many things, you know, and uh, God, was, God was gracious. When, when my friends, they were having all kind of trouble with police. I'm talking about police brutality. I've always experienced favor, even up until to this day, with, with police officers. And I believe in showing police officers respect, you know, because they, they are the authority in the land. And they, the laws are put forth here for us, God's law, you know, first and foremost, put forth here for us to protect us, amen, amen and not to uh, throttle us or anything like that, to keep us from having fun. <clears throat> but I like to say, even up until now, um, my wife, she, now she says, you're not driving fast enough. You know? <laughs> Being in the service industry, I'm always following safety guidelines and, and driving safe, and I'm a big proponent and an advocate of driving safely. And, and it's been instilled in me, and it's like a discipline now, and really... Yeah, you don't really, out here, you're not going to get there much faster just by, you know, uh, picking up a couple of miles on the speedometer. You, what are you going to say, three minutes? You know, and where are you going? You know, right, you're the next red light. Where are you really going? You're trying to go get to in such a hurry. It's really not worth it. Amen? So the Lord, because of his compassion in that situation and his mercy, it just allowed me to grow. And I like to say, because uh, mercy isn't a license to sin, saints, we must understand that. Amen? It doesn't give us a license, but what it does, the purpose of mercy is not a license to sin. I'll say that again. The purpose of mercy is to experience the love and forgiveness of our Savior. Amen. Yes, yes. Its provision causes us to live right in righteousness, which is right standing with God. That's something Pastor Tom drills into it over into our minds over and over again to, to, to live upright. Because I'm righteous, I don't want to commit adultery. I know adultery is wrong. You know? I don't want to steal. Stealing is wrong. If I have a prosperous God, I'm going to believe that I'm going to have the provision so I don't have, I don't have to steal. And now I have more than enough. You know? I'm not satisfied where I'm at because I know the Lord has more. Because I want to see other people have more. I want to see my family members have more. If they have a need, I want to be able to give it and not, not hurt or not suffer lack. Amen? That's what, what every child of God, every believer, when we do make declarations, that's what we're believing for. We're believing for people to experience God's provision, God's abundance. Because I've, been, I've, been, I've had times where I couldn't pay my rent. I had times where I, couldn't have, I didn't have enough money for groceries to fill up the refrigerator. Amen? So we know that having prosperity and having provision is much better because you're not, you're not really anxious for those type of things, groceries in your refrigerator, you know, paying this bill or that bill. Uh, they're going to cut you off. Had my water cut off before. Not fun. Okay, so we're all about um, God's provision and God's prosperity because that's his will. How am I doing all the time? Am I okay? Okay. All right. Now, we are blessed because God hears our cry for mercy and forgiveness, and he receives it. Amen. So God's mercy is like an embrace. Yes, yes. He hears our cry for mercy and compassion, and he embraces us. Yes, he does. And because he, he's compassionate, he feels how you feel in the situation. He can identify with it. He's compassionate. Right? If, you, if you're hurting, if, if, if there's a void in your heart, he knows it. That's why he, he can identify with it, and he embraces it. 
But his grace, saints of God, his grace is his empowerment. Amen. Right? Because if I fall due to some circumstance or I'm weak in some area, he's going to grace you, boom, with power Amen. to overcome yes. that particular proclivity. And if you don't see victory then, there, or in the near future, just know that it's available. Part of that in our minds is, is knowing what's available. Amen. Right, right. And you can release it in your life by speaking it forth. Amen. 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 So that's the key. That's the key to working, working that power that you now have, that you've been graced with. You can help yourself. You can feed yourself. Amen. 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 So our, our Lord is gracious. Our Lord is kind. Uh, a scripture also says that with loving kindness, he has yes. called us, not just kind. See, there's a difference between nice and kind. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. All right. So nice will give you a cup of water. That's nice. That's being nice. That's a nice person that does that. Right. But kindness will put ice in that water. Whoa. That's cool. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Nice. Right. Nice will say, you know, that's a nice pair of shoes. That's a nice dress. That's, that's, not, that's a nice person, right? Kind will buy you a new dress. Whoa. Kind, right? Kind. Yeah, for those women. Amen. Yeah, kind will buy you a brand new pair of shoes. Amen. Amen. So because we are blessed, we receive those many uh, benefits of being a part of the covenant people. And uh, a key verse for this is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Uh, again, one of uh, Pastor Tom's favorite, and it, it should be, because it, it gets us acquainted with uh, what, yeah, who we are and what we have, what we now possess. Amen? Uh, I have it right here. I'm just going to re read it. Yes, yeah, Second Corinthians 5 and 17. Thank you very much. All right. And the key to this whole thing, just as I, I stated before, uh, it's not a license to sin. Amen. Amen. We must, as, as saints of God, as people of God, we must have integrity like God. Amen. So he knows, he can also tell when you're trying to manipulate things too, and you're not being sincere. All right. It's, it's not going to work that way. All right. I want to be clear on that because a lot of people do that. And, and if you're, you're living a life to where other people can really see you being a hot mess, then you really need to sit yourself down and, and say, what am I doing? What, you know, how much more am, am I going to live this life or am I going to live that life? Don't be you know, double-minded, trying to trick people, trying to trick God. That's crazy. All right? So this is not what I'm saying. Because every day I ask for God, the Lord, I invite the Lord into my life to do what he would expect me to do. Amen? So it's serious business. <clears throat> All right, so we're at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man or woman, I'm going to add woman in there because that's what he means, all right? Be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Behold, all things are new. Amen? Old things are passed away. That's what you got to keep telling yourself. Old things are passed away. I'm not that person anymore I used to be. I'm a new creation in Christ. Amen. 
Another translation says, I'm a species of being that have never, ever existed before. Amen. You, you're dynamic. There's no other you but you. Amen. He broke the mold. So you are the righteousness of God. Okay. I'm going to paraphrase this because I'm going to wrap it up. We got our, our, our next speaker coming up. Okay. But again, this is a good scripture. And I, I get so much revelation out of this scripture. Uh, it, it further talks about he's not imputing our sins, but he's imputed. He imparts righteousness and not our sin nature upon us. Amen. He imparts righteousness and not our sin nature. Amen. That's important. Amen. Yeah. Don't walk around with a, a sin conscience. Walk around with a, a, a righteousness conscience because he paid, he paid a, a, a great price. For you all to be in righteousness. And I want to see everybody walking in righteousness. Uh, Corinthians also says in, in chapter 15, awake to righteousness and sin not. Amen. Uh, realize, recognize that it is available. So I'm going to bring this beautiful woman up and she's going to finish her portion of the word today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for coming out today and be blessed to be a blessing. Amen. What Ben didn't tell him that story is that, um, I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? Wouldn't it have been funny? Oh my gosh. We were young and I'm telling you that it was really scary because all you do is you hear, like in California, you hear the helicopter, boom, boom. I'm like, where'd that come from? And then you see all these cops on motorcycles just coming on the, the, the turnpike, I'm not turnpike, but on the highway, and out of nowhere, like all these cops showed up, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And immediately when he came to Ben window, he was like, you know how fast you're going? Ben was like, no, sir. I clocked you at 125. Somebody's going to jail today. And when he walked around, I was looking at Ben, we going to jail. I've never been to jail. Oh my God, I gotta call my dad to get us out of jail. We gotta pray. We gotta pray because we were on our way to church. And then he came back and was like, Where are you guys on your way to? We were like, Church. <laughs> then was like, This guy was chasing us. I'm like, Yes, he was chasing us. I'm, I'm agreeing with my future husband, lying, being Sarah and Abraham. Yeah, he, we were chasing. I'm like, Where are we going? Are we ch- oh, he was chasing us. <laughs> yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. But when that guy was like, all right, go ahead to church, slow down. We're like, thank you. We pull off. That guy's still right there. We're like, bye-bye. <laughs> we weren't saved yet, but we were going to church. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was the good old days, right? That was fun. And then I'll just say this before I get started, like when Vince said about kindness. Is there any kind people in the, in the church? Raise your hand, kind people. I want to meet with you in the back. At the end of service today, I want all the kind people in the corner. I need to talk to you, okay? All the kind people. Claudia, you said you're in there too. <laughs> we will not take, I won't take much of your time. We're very um, conscious of people's time. Um, we learned this a long time ago when someone gives you an opportunity to minister and they say, hey, you got 20 minutes, you got 30 minutes. You, be, you honor the person by staying under that time frame because once you come out of that, you're not honoring the man or woman of God anymore. Then your anointing, just it just left because you're not valuing what was said, okay? So I'm going to make sure we really value your time. Give me a good 20 minutes. Can you give me 20, 25 minutes tops with 20 minutes? So who said 30? Amen, Heather. Love Heather. 
30 minutes. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, I'm going to also be aligned with Ben when we're talking about covenant because the Lord put that on my heart too as far as the covenant. And um, he was showing me that many people do not know what covenant they belong to. Um, even many believers forget about their covenant. So um, he was showing me that many people are strangers to the covenant. So I went, all right, Lord, show me, show me about the covenant. So when I looked in the dictionary, cause of covenant is an agreement between two or more persons, a solemn agreement, an oath, contract, treaty, a promise by covenant or bond. When we were growing up, we used to always say, my word is my bond. That meant your yes was yes, your no was no. That meant what you said you're going to do something, you're going to do it. There's no backpedaling. There's no excuse behind it. My word's my bond. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I say I'm going to have it done by this date, I mean I'm going to have it done by that date. You can trust me at my word, okay? Covenant carries weight. It's often done with the cut and sealed with blood. The concordance says it best when I looked that up. Covenant means to select the best. Is when two parties come together, they agree on promises, stipulations, privileges, and responsibilities. In the New Testament, well, in the Old Testament, it says covenant 280 times, and the New Testament says it 33 times. Okay. But everyone in here who accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior has a covenant with Yahweh. Okay, that's something to be happy about. Everyone who accepted him has a covenant with Yahweh. Turn to Hebrews 8. We're going to start at 5, read to 11. We're going to dis distinguish between the covenants because many people still live under the old covenant. And he said he has a new covenant because Jesus did it all. That's a good word. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 8, 5. I'm going to start in the King James Version. Oh, I'm in the wrong Hebrews 8, 5. Who serve under the example and shadow of heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle? For see, said he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. What happened? Oh, I thought you were talking to me. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they will be to me a people and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every right and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest thank you Lord for a new covenant right with better promises listen the old covenant was a mosaic covenant of the covenant of the law between Yahweh and Jewish people and it's based on your performance this new covenant we're under, all of us who accepted the Lord, is a covenant of grace. And that covenant is between Yahweh and Jesus. And that one is not based on your performance, but based on your beliefs. So if you believe you're righteous, you're righteous. You don't have to do anything else to become righteous. You don't have to do anything to become holy. You believe you're holy, 
you're holy. The old covenant is going to kills and shines light on sin while the new covenant gives life and shines light on the perfection of Yahweh's son, Jesus. Thank the Lord he's not looking at any of us because we'll all be zapped and dead. Jesus. The old covenant condemns, brings sin consciousness and covers your sins for a year. But the new covenant justifies and brings Jesus consciousness and takes away your sins completely. That's a clap right there. That's a thank you, Jesus, right there. That's not just for a year that when you go and repent, it's done. He doesn't even remember your sin anymore. You're the one that still remember it. You're the one that will bring it up. You're the one say, I still feeling like this. And the Lord is saying, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've taken that away. It's already gone. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the new covenant. In Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says, do not think I've come to do away with or undo the law of the prophets. I have come not to do away with or undo, but to complete and fulfill them. Let's go to Romans 10 real quick. Romans 10. We're going to start at verse three. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to, to everyone that believeth. Any believers up in the building? Amen. So if you're a believer, then you got to believe you have a covenant. You got to believe that you are righteous. You got to believe that the promises belong to you. You got to believe under this covenant, there is provision for you. There is healing for you. There is blessings for you. There is protection for you. There is goodness for you. If you are under the new covenant, you got to believe that. You are what you believe, right? Yes. So believe me when I say the, wait, hold on. I went too far. Jesus. So when something is violating your covenant, when something is coming against what the word of God has said about you, you got to go to the judge, which is the Lord. So you got to say, like, let's say you got, there's a spirit of infirmity that's illegally harassing me under this covenant. I'm going to you, Lord. Say, remember what you said about that word. When I have sense a spirit of lack trying to come over into my family, I'm like, wait, this is not under the new covenant. This got to go. I got to go to the Lord. Lord, remember what you said in your word about you providing for me every need? When I sense a spirit of bondage trying to come against me or my family, I got to go right back and go, nope, this is not the new covenant that I belong with under Jesus. Because Jesus, you took all that with you to the cross. So I'm under the new covenant. And it's up to you to go when the enemy is harassing you illegally coming against that covenant. You got to go to the Lord and say, listen, Lord, remember what you said? And the reason you got to do that, you got to know the word to apply it, to get it, to go back against the enemy. So I'm going to ask you, think about a promise that the Lord has spoken to you. the, The promise that he has given you. Let me clarify, not a promise that you made up. Not a promise that you're saying, Lord, remember, I need to have my husband. He needs to look like this, that, and that, and act like this. No, I'm not saying that. The promise from the word of God that he has given you. And it make him, and then you go to him and you remind him of that promise. I still have promises that God has given me, prophetic words I have gotten, that I'm still going, Lord, remember that prophetic word? Remember that promise of this so it can still come to pass? Because once the Lord has made a covenant with you, he cannot back down on it. He cannot lie. It's his word. He can't. He made a covenant with day and night. So you got the sun up in the morning, you got the moon at night. He made a covenant with the water, with the sea, with the ocean, so that when you're on the beach, hanging out on the beach, and the water comes back up, there's a covenant with Yahweh. You got to come on back down water, go back down. You got to recede. There's a covenant. Somebody say covenant. Covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Now, because of that covenant, we're going to go look at something else. Let's go to John. 
John 14. How am I doing my time? John 14. We're going to start with verse 16. And I, we there? Okay. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Somebody say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Oh, we got to say it, but the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Come on. The Holy Spirit is part of that covenant. It's a covenant promise from Jesus. He just said it. It's in red. Listen, we want and need the Holy Ghost. We want and need the flow of the spontaneity of the presence of God with the Holy Ghost. Hey, I value the spiritual atmosphere that the Holy Spirit gives us because I value the movement of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to grieve the Holy Ghost. And I thank the Lord for the Holy Ghost. So believe me when I say the Holy Spirit is not just some goosebump that you got. Hmm. The Holy Ghost is not just I'm slain in the spirit. The Holy Ghost is not just some jiggle, tear, and wiggle. Because we think that's what he is. He's not just tongues. He is a personality. He is a third person of the Godhead. So funny when Lou and Christy played Holy Spirit. I never told him what I was talking about or anything. That's just how the Holy Spirit does, right? And the sad part is that, unfortunately, many believers in the kingdom of God forget about the Holy Spirit. It's Father, Jesus. But the Holy Spirit is a a huge importance of the Godhead. He is the one that works through you, to you, around you. He's the one that says, don't do this. Don't do that. Come over this way. Don't hang with that person. That's the Holy Spirit. That's why we're to worship in spirit and the truth. And that's why you can't sin without Satan, but you can't be holy without the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read real quick John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Acts 1.8 says, but you shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Romans 8.14 says, for we... For as many are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. When I say sons, I'm not saying it meaning majority. I'm saying, I'm meaning majority, not gender. So I don't think the women are out of that. Okay, you got to be led by the Spirit of God. You got to be led by the Holy Spirit, not your feelings, not your emotions, not your ego, not this is the way I've always done it. I'm going to do it this way. This has worked for me, not by your puffed up knowledge, not by your rituals, not by your formulas you got to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because when you led by the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, you can get a lot out of this word, but when you got a job opportunity to come up, the whole, this book is not going to tell you to take the job or not take the job. What's going to tell you is the Holy Spirit's going to tell you what job to take. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you how to move. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you where to move. The Holy Spirit's going to tell you what's next in line with ministry. The Holy Spirit will tell you to start a business. Don't start that business. Put this type of money in that business. Say Holy Spirit. 
And let me tell you, just because you're born again and you got the Holy Spirit in you, you still can allow religion to come in and shape and mold you. You still can have it in there. And just because you have the Holy Spirit does not mean that you're fr- you're, you have fruit on your tree and you have the power of God. This is what we think. We get born again, got the Holy Ghost. We got fruit. We got power. We got, no, you don't. No, you don't. Let's, let's, let's switch that right away. You do not. But you can if you're obedient and you hear what he's saying and you're tweaking some stuff and you're removing some stuff. Don't get quiet on me. Listen, you got to have a working, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. You got to spend time with him. He should be your greatest friend and someone you can depend on. Because the Holy Spirit is who's going to teach you how to love on people, teach you forgiveness, teach you how to keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Hallelujah to that. Teach you how to encourage people, teach you how to lead your family's men. That's the Holy Spirit, not your wife. The Holy Spirit is one going to change your attitude, your personality, your character. That's the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, if we didn't have the Holy Ghost, me and Ben would be a hot mess. We would be so mean to everybody, and let's keep it real. When we were in Islam, we hated white people. And we would tell you to your face that we hated you and called you a blue-eyed devil. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit has changed us. i never forget one time we were in a bowling alley, and these two white guys came up. And I don't, they weren't mean to me. It was just they kind of cut me off and got in the way, and my husband saw this and went up and literally was about to fight these two guys. Because you disrespected my wife and you cut her and you don't do that to my wife. Like going off and I'm just sitting here like, get up, Ben. (laughs) Hey, get (laughs) him. But that's how we were. If we didn't get born again, get the Holy Spirit to say, listen, we can do that can go a whole nother route now. Hey, God bless you. Go ahead and go first. That's how it is. But when you don't have the Holy Spirit, you all up in the devil. You got a covenant with the enemy, the covenant with Yahweh. And many times people want to operate still in that covenant with the enemy because they're comfortable in this. They don't want to give up all their stuff. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit helped me too because normally when I first started preaching, I had a sword. I was slicing everybody. I didn't care. You got in the way, you're getting cut, sliced, stabbed. I'm going to kill you. Don't really matter. Take it up with God. I don't care. That's how it was. But the Holy Spirit started molding me, ministering to me, softening me up a little bit. You still get cut, but I will put a Band-Aid on you. You still may get cut, but I'm still going to put some, 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 what is that little stuff on it? With love, with love. I'm, you're still going to get cut because that's how the sword is. It, it, it removes stuff. It takes stuff out. It goes in. It takes stuff out. But I got softer. Y'all, what who not here in 2009, y'all better be thanking God. Right, Lemanskis? Because I was like hot mess going off. And PT was like, well, you might have could have changed that a little bit. But I remember he gave me this word years ago in front of everyone. I was like, Lord's going to soften your heart because normally you like, someone needs a job. You're like, well, go get a job. What's the problem with you getting a job? But then the Lord was going to move me like, okay, you do need a job still, but what can we do to help you get that job? So the Holy Spirit does that to you, matures you, gets you to be stable. Say, thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Y'all be like, thank you, Holy Ghost. Pastor Latasha was a mess who was here, but hey, that's just how it was. I'm telling on myself. I can tell on myself because some of you in here still dealing with some stuff that you need the Holy Ghost to maneuver some things, smooth some stuff out, get you deliver, and take some stuff out. Can I say that too? You can laugh at me all you want, but there's still some things in you, each and every one of us, that we got to hear the Holy Spirit to say, what do we need to tweak? What do I need to take out of me? How come I'm still nasty? How come I still can't talk to people right? How come I still don't want to talk to that person because I'm mad at them? You need to have the Holy Spirit deal with you in some areas. Can you say amen to that? 
Because I talk about myself, but you talk about you. Thank you, Lord. And that, you know how I had to get to that point, too, to start softening up? I had to spend time with the Holy Spirit myself. PT can tell me all he wants. My husband can tell me all he wants. My children can say, Mommy, you this way. But until I get revelation myself from the Holy Spirit, I was going to still be that same way. And how did I get there? I took my time spending time with him. I had to wait on some things. Can we talk about waiting a little bit? Because a lot of times we get all saved and born again. We got the Holy Spirit. We get hyper and antsy and we start wanting to do stuff and preach and do all this stuff. When God is saying, wait, Holy Spirit is saying, wait, there's still some things I want to do for you and to you in private. Because if not, it comes out in the open and then everyone see it. And it's not even the Holy Spirit's fault. The Holy Spirit, like, I've been trying to help you and talk to you and deal with you in some areas in the private, but you won't. So it just blasts out in front of everyone so everyone sees it. And when the Holy Ghost is saying, wait, when he says, wait, wait, it's okay. What he has for you later on after the wait is so much better than anything. Anything you can imagine is so much better. And you got to make it a priority. Spend time with him. Make it a priority. All of us right now are in a position of where our priorities have been. It's no one's fault. It's where you have made a priority. That's where you're at. But it doesn't have to stay where you're at. I could have sat there and dreamed all day to get my master's, but until I start putting in the work, doing it, hearing the Holy Ghost, go this way, go this right, go to this school, do it like this, I would still be sitting back, oh, I wish I could get my master's. But I had to do something. For me to be a preacher, I couldn't just say I want to preach the word. I had to spend time in the word to hear it so I can get revelation about the word, so I can be able to minister to other people. It's going to take time spending it with the Holy Spirit, making a priority to him. And let me tell you, the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. He won't do it. But I can tell you, every time you go to work, the Holy Ghost is with you. Every time you go and do something, the Holy Ghost is with you. And that is our covenant promise is that we have the Holy Ghost in us and with us and for us. And he is the administrator of peace. He is the administrator of joy for us. He gives us the comfort that we have. He provides for us all the time. I thank the Holy Ghost for when my family and I were going through something years ago that I had to lean in and get into the Holy Ghost. Ben couldn't tell me anything. Ben couldn't comfort me at the times when normally my husband can. He could not comfort me when I was dealing with stuff. I had to hear from Yahweh myself and the Holy Ghost and what he was saying for me and my family so that we can know how to deal with that so when I tell you that this is how the Holy Ghost is he, he he tells you things he shows you how to reconcile with friends and family he shows you at times to stay away because it's not a right time that's the Holy Spirit he provides he loves on us he heals us I'm trying not to get teary-eyed because I know how good he has been. And if you just open yourselves up and get yourselves out of the way and you being selfish and you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, there can be such multiplication in your life, but going to different levels, being used by God. Many of you want to be used by God, but he's saying, listen, you got to spend time with him to be used. Don't get out there. We don't need you personally yourself going out there ministering. We need the Holy Spirit in you to go out and minister. Thank you, Lord. But let him show you for you. Let him show you your own personal path. Let him show you your assignment that you have, because your assignment is not like my assignment. But let him show you because he wants to do a work in you today. The Holy Spirit. 
And I'll tell you right now, before I get ready to end, or I'm going to end, if anyone needs prayer, if you want to pray in the Holy Ghost, I want to take care of that for you. If you need prayer and healing in your body, I want to take care of that because you can't talk about the Holy Ghost and he don't show up because you have to invite him in. He's there, but you got to invite him in. So I'm inviting him. Holy Ghost, have your way. Have your way with the people. If there's something you need today, the Holy Spirit wants to provide that for you today. You don't have to leave here still upset. You don't have to leave here with stuff in your heart. You don't have to leave here saying, I still don't pray in the Holy Ghost. He wants to take care of that for you today. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for who you are, God. We thank you that you are such a good God that you don't leave us by ourselves, that you've given us comfort, God. We thank you because of you, the sun won't hurt us. The, the moon won't hurt us. Floods won't take us away. We won't be away by floods of depression and floods of lack and floods of hurt and floods of, of unforgiveness, Father. But we thank you that you are our anchor. And you have great things in store for us. And we receive it today. Jesus, you took it all on the cross so that we can live in goodness and health and great times and love and mercy and grace. And you don't remind us of our sin, but you've taken it all away. And we just thank you for it right now, Father, for what you want to do. Holy Ghost, have your way. Have your way, Holy Ghost. We worship you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. I do want to give you opportunity. Come on up. Let's pray for you. Let's get you set free. If there's something there, if you want to pray in the Holy Ghost, if there's something particular you want us to pray about, we can take care of that. But we want to do that because the Holy Ghost wants to do that. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added on